Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Jai Vargas. She's the LinkedIn ninja, and she helps professionals gain clarity on their personal brand and encourages thought leadership with authenticity. So she was an early adopter of LinkedIn since way back in 2006. And she has so much experience creating just a really great presence on LinkedIn to make those connections. And so I wanted to talk with her about why us online entrepreneurs should be on LinkedIn, how we can leverage it. So welcome, Jai. Thank you, Kristen, for having me. Appreciate it. So can you just give us, I know I gave a little um, intro about what you do, but can you give us a little more about your background? Absolutely. Well, I studied advertising and marketing communications. I worked in corporate America for about 15 years in roles that focused on Hispanic inclusion, diversity, equity, and representation. I started out in the automotive industry and then went into public relations, later on in the sports industry, and then spent about nine years in finance. Now I work in nonprofit, all along focusing on diversity, representation, and inclusion. And then you also founded the Latinista, is that right? I did. I created a network for Latinas and women of color about 10 years ago, simply because whenever I was traveling to conferences, I recognized that there weren't many Latinas that looked like me that were in the room attending these really important meetings and looking for mentors or champions, sponsors or jobs. And every time that I would come back to my community in New York, I would ask these women, hey, how come you weren't in that conference? And they would say two things. Number one, I had no idea about it. I've never even heard of it. Or they would say, oh, yes, I've heard about that conference. It's so great. But my manager would never let me take the time off to attend something like that and pay for it. And so really the reason why I created the Latinista was to create a community of women that supported one another and helped each other articulate to their managers why they should be in these rooms and also to learn more skill sets, how to negotiate your salary, how to interview, how to develop a network of other Latinas and women of color that were going to support you in what it was that you were trying to accomplish in your career. So we've been doing programs for 10 years now in New York, Chicago, Miami, and California. And it's been awesome. It's an incredible community. And it's definitely not just run by me. I have an amazing plethora of women who pull all of this together. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing organization and so needed because I think especially for Latinas who are first generation or first in the workforce, you know, you just don't have those examples 
all the time and you don't necessarily have those skills of interviewing, negotiating. Uh, so this is a great resource that you that you're providing. Um, so I want to jump into LinkedIn. Why is it a platform that entrepreneurs should be on? And yeah, let's start there. Well, if you're an entrepreneur, it all depends on the community that you're servicing and how you see yourself as a subject matter expert. At the end of the day, your clients are on here. Whether you're looking to build a network of individuals that will buy your products and services that inspire you, and then also a network that you learn from. It's important that you surround yourself with other people that are doing your work so that you can help one another. It's never a space where you feel like it's a silo and you're trying to figure it out on your own. As an entrepreneur, it's important to do your competitive research. And where better to see those individuals that are leading the industry or your products and services than a professional platform like LinkedIn? You know, I always tell people that LinkedIn is a professional media and not a social media. It's very different from Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whatever else is out there. When you engage with people on LinkedIn, it's important to know that you're empowering yourself in your industry, learning from other subject matter experts and sharing what you're learning along the way. It's not a place where you're like, happy birthday, mom, or look at what I'm wearing, or look at this incredible meal that I cooked last night. Unless you're an entrepreneur that's an executive chef. I have tons of chefs in my network, and they're always posting new recipes and the partnerships that they have with book deals or their recipes or the new opportunities that they have with these individuals on the food network. And so depending on the types of individuals that you want to sell your service to, you can find them all on here. There are millions of professionals on here. Yeah, I really love it because like you said, it's very different from social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook. I find that when you're on LinkedIn, you're very intentional. People are very intentional about why they're there, uh, what their purpose is. They're there to make a business connection or a networking connection, right? Something, you know, connection that will help them maybe lead them to the next client or just be a really great resource that they can, you know, use to meet someone else that might be helpful. So um, I really do love that part of LinkedIn. And I love that you mentioned the learning that you're, you, you're there and you can learn so much about your business, your competitors. I know I've reached out to people just to ask them questions in their area of expertise. That's not necessarily mine. And the search functionality is so great because you can be very specific about who you're looking for and what you're looking for. So how can people, and especially entrepreneurs, how can they optimize their profile and position themselves as thought leaders in their industry or niche? I know that doing that is really important and I'm sure you have some tips on how to do that. It sure is. So as soon as you connect with me, when I land on your profile, I need to know what it is that you're selling and how I can work with you, why that benefits me, or maybe somebody that I know. It's also important to be consistent in posting about your expertise. 
not every single day, but whenever I look at your profile, if you're a creative that's a, a content developer or a graphic designer, and if I go to your posts and the articles that you're consistently posting, I should be able to see your evolution, your engagement in the community, speaking on a panel, what clients you're working with, what's different, and how you can help me very specifically compared to somebody else who may have pitched me previously. And so as soon as I land on your profile, I don't want to guess that these are the types of services that you may be able to help me with just by reading your title and the name of your company. It has to be so specific and so clear to me in your about section, in your title, in your experiences, in your link, and make sure that you drop in your website or something that could add context to what it is that you're preparing. I can't tell you how many times I connect with entrepreneurs and they don't have their website listed. I have no idea what their services are and they expect me to understand what a content developer or a marketing maven really does for me. And so it's so important to be as clear and specific as you possibly can so that when I read it, I'm able to identify and say, oh, wow. This is exactly the type of person that I was looking for because they're looking to help me as an entrepreneur, as a Latina, as a first gen, as an immigrant in a big city, find a new job, prepare my resume, write content for my blog, whatever it is, you need to speak specifically to me on those services so that I have clarity and say, oh yes, this is my person. You really want to make it easy for people to know what you do, how you can help them. Um, and LinkedIn does make it easy because right under your name, there's the, that two lines, you know, or one, but usually you fit it in two that says, gives you the opportunity to just quickly say, you know, what are you about and how you help people? Um, and then, you know, there's the opportunity to link to your other resources, like you said, your website, get them sort of off LinkedIn and engaging with you more. So we talked a little bit about kind of what not to post, like your birthday or your mom's birthday, or, you know, just very, I guess, things that are a little more personal. Although I've seen definitely a mix lately. I feel like some people are coming from maybe an Instagram and bringing a little bit of the same strategy, or perhaps they're just trying to bring more of themselves. It's very interesting over the last, I think from 2020 to 2021 to see what people post. I think there's been a real shift. I think prior to that, it felt like it was a very business buttoned up and now it's a little less so, but can you talk about what kinds of content people should be posting and what actually is going to connect with their audience. Yeah. And you're absolutely right that people have been a lot more authentic in their posts, but it's very important to be able to decipher how that connects with you as a professional and your career. So the landscape has changed on LinkedIn, especially because people are now working from home. And so those lines of being in the office and being your most professional self and now sitting in your living room because this is now your office have started to blur. 
And so you'll see a lot of content from people saying, hey, I'm working from home. This is what my desk setup looks like. And here's my puppy. And my baby is also sitting next to me. You know, I'm a new dad. Those are also the types of posts that give us the opportunity to see you as a human. It also still very much connects with who you are as a professional, because as you'll see for the people that do it really well, they'll be able to connect and say, oh, I work at Microsoft after taking six weeks of parental leave as a new dad, I'm now able to work from home and take a break to walk my dog and then also feed my new daughter as a proud dad. You know, so you'll see some connection to the organization that's giving you that opportunity and those benefits, and then also connecting it to here's my my workspace and this is what it looks like. Here's how I can be super um, accountable and empowered and efficient when I actually do sit in front of the computer. So it's really, really interesting to see a lot of people posting pictures of their dogs and their babies and their desk. Um, taking a walk because now we can do that. And so it's really beautiful. It's also important to see how you can post why you do what you do. So if you're a content developer or you're a creative that's helping other people post on their blogs or you're a graphic designer, it's important for us to know why you do that type of work. How did this come about when you were young or was it a passion that came about more recently? Is this the side hustle for you? Do you help other women accomplish just that? And then what's also neat about what you do, it's how it helps people. And so when you're selling your services and positioning yourself, it's important to be able to share this is how I ask the right questions of my customers, then create a service and a program that meets those needs. This is your goal. This is what I've built to solve for your challenge. And this is how much I'm charging for it, right? I have to see why you do it and how it's different than everyone else. There's so many things that are going to differentiate you as an entrepreneur. For me, it's always been the systems that I have in place to be able to reply to someone probably within 10 minutes if I'm not presenting, the systems that I have in place when it comes to project management and all of the virtual assistants that I had worked with in the past to keep my Trello organized. That when one of those inquiries comes in, there's an automatic message that collects everything I need to know and a proposal goes out literally within the hour right? That's how you can start to differentiate yourself. But we all have very different differentiators, right? It could be your personality. It could be you were referred by someone. It could be your subject matter expertise. It could be your geography, your local to the city in which you're looking for business in. So many different things. But that's really what you should lead with, what you're best at. And that's how people are going to be able to say, Oh yeah, hands down. This is the person I want to work with. Yeah, it's really leading with the value you can provide and then bringing in that human element with storytelling or behind the scenes or you know, something that shares a little bit more about why you do what you do, you know, why you're so good at what you do. And the through line is 
that it's your work, the, the work that you're doing, the service you provide. And I think that's the big differentiator, whereas social media is, honestly, it's really more about distracting you, I think. Um, but I feel like LinkedIn is more, like I said before, intentional, where it's about tell me what you do and how you can help me and whether it's what you do in your company or what you do as a business owner. And I love that the, you know, the specificity is so, is so important because even though it's not necessarily, I mean, all, all platforms can be distracting to some degree. So I think when you able to get to it, right. And, and really communicate the value right away, it's going to, you know, capture people that much, that much quicker. And like you were saying, like the people who want to work with you, your target audience, so do you have tips for how people can show up as authentically as they can in their posts and their articles? You know, we talked about companies, I think just honoring more of the, all of ourselves, right? Our human, humanity. And I think that can be a very important differentiator is when you bring in your authenticity and what makes you unique and what your superpowers are, what your zone of genius is. So I'd love to hear any tips you have about how to do that online. Cause it can be, uh, I think a, sometimes a little bit of a balance, like a tricky balance. It sure is. I mean, I always tell people that it's important to be able to share how real and human you are. Right. So even though we're working on such a professional platform, it's important for you to be able to show a picture of what you volunteered for on the weekend. I do tons of volunteer work for the Latino Commission on AIDS, for St. Jude Research Hospital, for the Women's Resource Center here, for the Bar Association. Being able to give people some insight as to what I do in the community helps that personal brand so that I'm not always just posting about what I do professionally. Because when people see the impact that I'm having in the community, that's when they'll really be able to say, oh my God, she helps St. Jude Research Hospital, that's awesome. I'm gonna donate to her page and actually I've donated to them in the past. Wow, I really like what she's doing. I'm actually gonna start working with her because this is a great person to have in my network, right? So giving a little bit of clarity as to what brought you to the space of being an entrepreneur? Maybe it's the fact that you speak Spanish. Are you from Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico? What diverse city did you grow up with? What challenges did you experience growing up either in corporate America or as a side hustleist or an entrepreneur? By you sharing some of those struggles and opportunities, people will be able to say, wow, I really like how authentic this person is and how real they are. And I love watching them grow. I love that they now just launched a new service. I love that they did a research study with 10 women and it helped them understand that this is the type of program that they're running. Or you have actually a really great community with life coaches and career coaches that are trying to figure out how to get people unstuck, right? But how did they determine in the first place that that's something they went through? Being able to share that story is so important, especially when you're hiring someone like that. I want to hear that story so that I can say, is there a great relationship that we can build here? Because you've walked in those shoes before. You have that experience or that challenge or that trauma 
that you've been through and you can help me because that's what I'm looking for. And you have to be able to be a little bit, you know, transparent and, and real and raw and authentic. I feel that the biggest challenge we have amongst some entrepreneurs is that, you know, they don't necessarily have the confidence in articulating what it is that they are selling or who they want to work with, right? It's such a raw and real experience to be able to put yourself out there on a professional media platform because you are afraid to be judged or you're afraid that some people may think that you're bragging, right? But it all comes down to really just opening yourself up, sharing with people why you're the right person that has developed this service or program or offering. And then once they see that, wow, this person has really walked a mile in my shoes, I want to go ahead and work with them. You have to be willing to do that, but it's also really, really tough to do that. Yeah. It requires a certain level of vulnerability, which can be really challenging, especially in a more professional platform. I know lately, well, in the last couple of months, I had started using LinkedIn a little bit more. And I have to say, you know, I worked in corporate for 15 years and I have to say there was definitely like a hesitation, like a, a, a reserve you know, pulling back a little bit of like, oh, can I show more of myself? Because I just wasn't used to doing that in this context on this platform. But it's really is the way that you're going to create those connections. And I think what popped into my head when you were speaking was it's not just about showing the value you bring. It's also showing your values, mm. right? It's what your what's aligned with who you are, what you believe in, what's really important to you. So that's like another level. And I think it's an easier way to look at it, maybe for people who are feeling a little bit nervous about it. It's like, you know, sit down, write down your values. And that is a great, they're personal, but they're also universal in a lot of ways, right? Like a lot of us love to help others. That's a, that's a strong value. You can connect with so many people on that. Like you said, volunteerism or um, being specific about who you like to support or maybe helping women. You know, I love helping women. That's a value that I have and that I like to um, communicate around. And storytelling is very important to me. So it's just choosing those things, like you said, that are really you and aligned with you and just putting yourself out there a little bit, a little bit more, which may feel uncomfortable at first, but it does get easier. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called launch a binge worthy podcast. And it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. Okay, here's a question that I am actually dying to ask you. So the whole reaching out to people, that can be very tricky <laughs> because I know that some people feel spammed on LinkedIn. I know there's definitely like generated um, responses and outreach that's like, you know, behind the scenes kind of set up. So please tell us what is the LinkedIn preferred etiquette for reaching out to people that like you really admire and that you want to collaborate with, or you just want to like get to know 
Um, I think it's so important to know a way to do that that feels really good and everyone's happy about the connection. Yeah, you know, that's it's an interesting question because at the end of the day, it depends on who it is that you are trying to connect with. I think that it all boils down to how you can deliver value to them. You know, I, I've been working in corporate America for many, many years. And so I always equated to, if you see yourself as a chief HR officer one day, then naturally you want to build a network full of chief HR officers that you can start to learn from. Everything that they post, every panel discussion that they're being added to, everything that they are attending when it comes to conferences, and even picking up the types of books that they're reading. You knowing that they are in the HR space, the type of value that you can deliver to them is constantly sending them HR conferences, webinars, books, opportunities about the HR industry. It's always about delivering value to that person. They're always going to be able to say, wow, you know what? I've never taken the time to reply back to Kristen, but she's always sending me great information and content that I care about, that's important to me as a chief HR officer, right? Maybe one day they will reply to you and say, hey, I know that you're working in HR and you're always in the know about all of this HR stuff. I have an opportunity for you. Would you be interested, right? And so as an entrepreneur, it depends on who it is that you are looking up to, why you wanna partner with them and what type of value you can share with them that makes them wanna say, wow, this person is so in the know. They're constantly sending me things that I didn't even know about. This is phenomenal, right? You want to be top of mind to someone, but it is tough. I mean, you also don't want to seem like you're overwhelming someone. Um, you know, I probably get about 160 connection requests a week. I probably decline 40% of those. If you don't have a headshot, if your title says business development, um, if you're in the sales network, I immediately decline. I don't even click on your profile, right? Because I'm not looking to purchase anything. If someone connects with me and they're in Switzerland and I haven't been to Switzerland in many, many years, there's a big probability that, that I'm not going to accept your connection request. Unless if I do connect and look at your profile and it says, wow, this woman runs conferences for entrepreneurs and other women of color in Switzerland. I look at her posts and articles and say, yes, I can definitely benefit from being connected to this person. But if I look at your profile and I'm like, this person's a content creator, an entrepreneur, no, definitely not. Not what I'm looking for, decline, right? So it's, it's very important for you to be absolutely clear with what it is that you're trying to help people with and not coming off salesy. But if you are selling something, being very specific when you're looking for your clients. I actually got a message from someone who is a uh, matchmaker on LinkedIn. And some people would say, oh my goodness, you know, that is so inappropriate and matchmakers on LinkedIn. No, it's not. It's his business. That's his profession. He sent me a message. I'm not in the market, but I actually sent him three of my girlfriends that need a match, right? Why not? That's his business. 
he sent me a message and it happens to be that I can refer some information, you know, for him that's going to help out my single girlfriends. You know, it's not inappropriate. If you're a chef, if you make wreaths, if you're a service provider, whatever your business is, you belong on here. You just have to be very specific with who it is that you're looking for as your client, right? And maybe you throw out the net like this matchmaker did because there's no way that he can tell who's single and who's not. But if you're the type of person like me that loves to refer business, I looked at his message and said, I have 50 single girlfriends for you. Please do reach out to them. Here are their incredible profiles. They are awesome. Help them. Yeah, it sounds like it requires just being thoughtful, strategic, and which is important too, because you don't have all day to be on LinkedIn. So you might as well, you know, just be really intentional about like, who are you reaching out to? Does it seem like a good fit? Do you feel like you will provide value by being in this person's network. I'm curious, what is a typical message that you send out to people that you want to connect with? Um, I actually have probably four or five different automatic messages. And so, for example, if I want to connect with someone who does diversity in the industry, I will connect with them and say, Hi, Tanya. My name is Jai. I develop professional development workshops for individuals in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's connect. Something super simple like that. Or my other message is, Hi, Claudia. I developed a network for Latina and women professionals who are interested in upskilling. We have an incredible Slack community. We'd love for you to be involved. Let's connect. I have like four or five different messages depending on that person's profile. And I keep them all on a sticky note right here. And every single day I'm sending those out. It's so important that you send those messages out, even though you know that person and they know you. They may not have your website. They may not know what you're selling tomorrow. So it's so important that you keep consistent with that message. And there's always a call to action or your website at the bottom. How often do you send out messages? Is it daily? Is it? I do. I mean, I, I've been using LinkedIn for 16 years. And so for me, it's always open. I have three monitors here. I probably message more people on LinkedIn than I ever have on regular email. So it's a constant stream of information and communication for me. Anyone, you know, literally, I have 18 year old girls in college right now asking me for advice, or students that are looking for their summer internship, or executives that are looking for a new role, or someone's looking for a career coach, or someone's looking to negotiate their benefits package and they have no idea what they're reading. I'm constantly sending messages to help those people. I don't have to be on the phone with them but I send them all of those resources right through LinkedIn. I love your examples. I feel like they, and thank you for sharing those because they were short, they were sweet, they were to the point. And that really helps people quickly assess, okay, should I be connected with this person? I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm a verbose person necessarily, but I do tend to feel like, 
I need to add a lot of things and I always have to like pare down. So it's good to hear, you know, your example. And I'm sure some listeners are probably do the same thing that I do. It's like, well, you want to just communicate everything, but it's like, no, people don't have time to read your biography. They just want to know the quick detail. And I'm assuming, so do you typically include a link with your message or is it just a quick outreach? It's just a quick one sentence outreach, maybe with my website. And then once you see that that person has accepted your connection request, you can follow up with your proposal deck, right? And your proposal deck is a whole other strategy. (laughs) Do you tend to, before you connect, comment on that person's no? Okay. You're just going straight to the connection. Yeah, it, it, it takes a little while, but once you start identifying who your ideal client and audience is by title, by years of experience, by company, by region, you know exactly who's going to buy from you. It's nine out of 10 times clients close on LinkedIn, never even spoken to them on the phone. Got it. Okay. So that's kind of a step, step back, right? First, understand who it is that you're targeting. Did you find that out just by using the platform? No, I actually, when I was an entrepreneur, I started my entrepreneurial journey about five years ago. And I started to figure out what people were most interested in when I started actually delivering my workshops. I was like you, where I sent a lot of information about the 10 different workshops that I was selling. And because in the first six months of my entrepreneurial journey, I had sent out 360 proposals, all of those replies were telling me something very, very specific. I knew then and there, this was my number one workshop and all of my energy was going to be towards that one. Nothing else mattered. And so that really helped me understand who my audience, my client, and my proposal was going to be in two quick slides. Yeah. So you got a lot of really good feedback just by reaching out in that way and then streamlining it down and getting very specific. I love that. So do you have a network that really refers you? Has that been a big, also a big part of using LinkedIn? I know you refer a lot of people like, you know, girlfriends who need (laughs) a date. I do. I have a lot of people who refer me and it's important because I've built that network as well as that consistency on my brand, right? And you mentioned someone doesn't have the time to maybe look at your bio, but these individuals in those industries and the type of clientele that I work with, they talk, right? And so someone at Sony just spoke to their friend at Bank of America. They send my LinkedIn profile. They don't even need to read my resume, my proposal, or my bio just by looking at my profile. They're like, oh, she's got it. She's exactly what we're looking for because look at all the panels that other people have tagged her in that she's speaking on, right? It's, it's, it's a whole entire strategy, but you've got to be able to back it up. And when people land on your profile, they can immediately tell, okay, this person knows what they're doing. It's complete. Yeah, connected all the dots for them. So before you go, I want to ask you this, I think, important question about representation. And I know that you are really great about uplifting Latina voices, 
But why are diverse voices so important in any industry? And um, I know this is something that's dear to your heart as well, but can you talk a little bit about yeah, why representation matters so much? I mean, representation is everything. I think as the world continues to be a more diverse place to live and work, it's so necessary that we reflect the demographic that's actually around us in our community. So if you're an organization and you're looking to hire somebody like me, but when I go on all of those interviews and I don't see anyone at this company that looks like me or talks like me or went to the same types of schools that I did, it tells me that you're not interested or invested in creating a culture of inclusion. And when you have a lack of inclusion at any organization, naturally, a lack of culture is a really, really big problem. And also when you're creating those products and services internally, they don't speak to diverse communities. And so when you're creating a financial product or any type of product at an organization, if you don't have people internally like me making those decisions, it's going to land really off. I mean, I used to do multicultural marketing and I can't tell you the amounts of graphics and designs and um, advertising and commercial that I had to review where I had to pull back and say, no, this isn't the right type of Latinx representation that we're looking for in this part of the country. Not all of us look like this, right? It's so important that we have those important voices at the table so that we can help these organizations come up with these programs and services and products that we're building. It's, it's sort of like a catch-22 as well. So many organizations are looking to hire more diverse people, but because they don't have them currently, those that know and understand the power of diversity say, you know what, I don't want to be the first. And if I do get in there, I'm going to have a really difficult time. Is your culture able to help me actually change the system? More times, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. And so really, at the end of the day, it all depends on leadership, the people in the C-suite and those that are making the decisions. As those individuals start to roll off, you need to make a conscious decision of rolling on diverse representation. People that are visibly and invisibly disabled, women of color, right? Individuals who have a different perception, experience, and can add so much to what any organization is building. But yeah, there's such a long way to go. Yeah, I think over the last couple of years, it feels like there's been improvement and just dialogue. I know it's been an ongoing struggle, but I feel like there's been definitely some progress made and talking about it, I think is important because it just creates an awareness and it creates the, you know, if you can talk about the value in my work, you know, it is so important for me to create a platform where I share diverse voices because stories, those perspectives, those are the things that give the nuance to our experiences. And I think that is so important. And when you can see some yourself and someone else's story or someone else's experience, or they're in an organization and they're even thinking about your experience or they've lived something similar, 
Um, that's so powerful in terms of like moving the needle of creating spaces where people feel comfortable, people feel welcome, people feel like they can show up as themselves and and be you know accepted for that. So um, I love that you touched on that and uh, and the work that you're doing. I want to wrap up with asking you how people can find out more about you, um, how they can reach out to you, obviously on LinkedIn, but if you want to share your links, that'd be great. Absolutely. You can definitely find me on LinkedIn. You spell my name Y-A-I, last name Vargas with a V. And you can also reach me on jivargas.com. And if you know any Latinas or women of color or any type of professional or ally that needs support or a community, the Latinista is there. We help you understand how to navigate your products and services and who it is that you're trying to work with, as well as just evolving as your most authentic, personal and professional self. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your knowledge around LinkedIn. I loved having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your community. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.